There's an off day for Syracuse basketball, so we send out a mailbag episode. We're answering your questions today. There is a lot to talk about. Succession plans, basketball as a whole, Syracuse across, everything in between. Let's have a little bit of fun today. It's Locked On Syracuse, and it starts right now. Maybe not. Give it one more second. Now it starts. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Owen Valentine here with your Locked On Tuesday episode. And Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're doing a mailbag today. We reached out to Twitter. As always, if you want to get in on these conversations, you can tweet at us at LO underscore Syracuse. You can hit us on the email. You can reply on YouTube. Do your thing. Any way that's easiest for you to contact us, we will try and work with. I got people that are uh, messaging me on Facebook right now. Any way to keep the conversation going is greatly appreciated at this point in time uh it's an interesting spot right now right no game till wednesday we did the duke recap on monday we'll preview that um we'll preview that clemson game on tuesday or on wednesday's episode uh so today is sort of this in-betweener we'll see what what topics need to be hit on some of the the pressing ideas in your mind and then depending on how long that takes i've got a few ideas that we can hit on as well to close out the episode. I want to do a little bit of housekeeping to get things going, just to lay of the land. Uh, I am, for what it is worth, recording this Tuesday at 8.30 on Monday morning. So it happens the rest of the day on Monday. I apologize. I will not hit on it today uh, for the Tuesday episode, but if it needs to be addressed, it will be hit on for Wednesday. I'm going on vacation. I am leaving today. I'm going to try and keep the pod schedule as normal as possible, but if uh, things take a little twist and I'm going to be a little delayed, I will obviously let you know on Twitter, give you a heads up if uh, things are going to be a little bit slower or a little bit delayed. But I'm hitting the road in an hour or so. I'm flying out of Philadelphia, so I'm going to drive a little bit, get on a flight and be, uh, you know, taking some Syracuse basketball talks to Orlando for a little bit. So should be fun. But just wanted to give a little heads up as to if something happens on Monday. I know there's recruitment announcements today. I know you know anything can happen on any day. Uh, so it will not be in the Tuesday episode. It will be addressed on Wednesday in the Clemson preview. But today, we are doing a mailbag episode. Let's talk. There's three questions that I've got queued up here right now. And I think this is the one that that needs to be started. So we'll talk with High Guys 20221. The question is, what's the pulse with SU basketball? Sitting in the crowd, it wasn't fun. And, and this is an interesting overarching idea, I think, right now, because it's it's been a tough sort of stretch for a lot of Syracuse athletics in terms of I guess we'll call them the rev sports, right? In terms of your basketballs and your footballs and, and trying to figure out, you know, where this program is and what is the future is, is mediocrity where Syracuse athletics in terms of SU football, in terms of SU basketball is mediocrity 
where they're going to stay right now? And that is a question that needs to be answered at many levels in terms of John Wildeck, in terms of Babers and Bayheim, in terms of recruiting, in terms of funding, things like that. That is a really, really big question. And right now, when you talk at the pulse with SU basketball, there's a lot of frustration. And rightfully so, right? This is a team that gets put up, as you, you saw on ESPN the other day, and there was, you know, some questioning in it on you know, what the legitimacy of it is. But Syracuse gets put up in blue blood graphics. When they talk about blue blood, Syracuse is in that conversation, although they have not been successful in terms of the regular season in that blue blood conversation. You are most likely going to miss the tournament this year. You missed the tournament last year. In 2021, you had a good run as an 11 seed, but you went 18 and 10. In 2020, you weren't going to make the tournament at 18 and 14. In 2019, you make the tournament at 20 and 14. In 2018, right, you make the tournament at 20, what were they to finish out that season? 20 and 13, something like that, 19 and 20 in the regular season. Right there, there hasn't been that that dominant team, and I'm looking at Ken Palm rankings right now. Right in that stretch, and we can throw 2017 in there, where they're you know an NIT squad, and they haven't really, you know, had that incredible birth in the, you know, they were 27th to finish out the season, I guess in 2016 in terms of a Ken Palm ranking, but in the rest of those years, right, you're 55 and 17, you're 41 and 18. 39 and 19, 51 and 20, 42 and 21, 69 in 2022. And this year, you're currently 98th in Ken Palm. For a team that is historically described as a blue blood, it is frustrating to go through that stretch of basketball. Now, silver lining, right? In the stretch, if you expand a couple more years, you've got multiple Sweet 16s. You've got multiple Final Fours. So there is that. There is the overperforming in the NCAA tournament and making runs with teams that are lower seeds and being able to push and being able to put teams that you don't see all the time into tough situations. Does it even out? I don't really know. And I think when we talk the pulse with Syracuse basketball right now, Everybody in central New York wants it to be figured out, rightfully so, and need it to be figured out. And these are major questions as to how they can do it. And it's recruiting efforts. And Weitzman and what he's trying to do in putting money into NIL can make a difference. Little things. It is an unfortunate answer right now, but it is going to take a little bit of time. I don't know, barring Syracuse bringing in, you know, a few of the top 10 transfers in the class. I don't know if all questions are answered next year. Is it a two-year process? I'm not sure, right? But when you bring in, hopefully, and I don't know if you can at this point, if you can bring Judah back, next year might be a little bit better in terms of you're a solid tournament team, not quite at the heights that you want to be. And then two years, maybe you start to figure things out. You bring Choppa in, who continues, uh, and Elijah Moore, to continues to to do unreal things at the high school level and is putting up, I think he had like 20 points, six rebounds and five assists. Don't quote me on that exactly, but it was some crazy stat line in the first quarter 
of a game the other day. That kid's good. He's going to be fun. You're in conversations for a big-time recruit in that class as well. Uh, we've had him on the show and Marcus Adams Jr., right? There are conversations that in a year or two, things could be looking really, really solid for Syracuse. But right now, there is a pulse, I'm going to say, to answer high guys here. There is a pulse, but that second caveat in here, sitting in the crowd, it wasn't fun. There have been a few instances in terms of Syracuse athletics this season where it's been brutal in terms of a huge crowd shows up and the team falls entirely flat. The Duke game is one of them, and Beheim talked about it after the game, right? It's unfortunate. It's disappointing. It's frustrating when you get a crowd of 31,000 and you just come out flat. And that is what happened in that Duke game outside of the first maybe five, 10 minutes, which is the opposite of what you're used to with Syracuse basketball at this season. But they played a strugglesome and a worrisome 30 minutes, and it was frustrating. A very similar thing happens at the Florida State football game, right? You've got a packed dome. The vibes are immaculate. People are excited. And then you get stomped from the game. The second that game kicks off, you get absolutely stomped. And in terms of crowd pulse, both of those games felt really weird and really flat. And you wanted to bring them in. And in football, in that Florida State game, you never really did. There were some moments where the crowd was really fun in that first five-minute stretch when Judah gets a steal, gets out in transition, and throws down. And then in the second half, I believe, when they hit, I don't know if it was a Gerard three to cut it to nine or something like that, the crowd started to come back in. Those crowds are really fun, but those crowds, they can be tough. They can be frustrating. They can be disappointing and quiet and a weird, weird vibe when things do not go in a competitive manner. And that is sort of what you saw for probably 30 minutes of that Duke basketball game. So thanks for the question. Thanks for the topic. Coming up after the break, we'll continue basketball and then we'll close out uh, the episode today with uh, a conversation about Q's men's lacks and Q's women's lacks. They didn't specify. So I think it's very much worth talking about both squads at this point in time. Uh, so. Let's take a break to hear from our friends over at Built Bar. Yes, Built Bar. There we go. Uh, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just started looking at Built Bar. I like them. They're delicious. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate. I love chocolate. It's delicious. It's tasty. And they're in unbelievable flavors like churro, like peanut butter, brownie, ooh, and the coconut, almond, all of them. Wonderful flavors. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy. They're only 130 calories. There's four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about how you have to order at Built Bars, or you have to order Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can order them online still, but you can also get them at your local Walmart or your Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors. There's brownie batter. There's churro. And I'll tell you what, once you're done and you eat it, it's delicious. You can thank me later. All right. Our next question today. This is from, I believe it's going to be Kriegs13 on Twitter. And the question is, 
if Beheim continues coaching for a couple more mediocre seasons, does that make it a lot harder to have the next coach be, quote, in-house? Krieg says, I think it does. A question I've had and some thoughts that I've had, and it's interesting, and now is an interesting time to talk about it, I believe, because of situations that have happened with other longtime coaches. But right now, when you look at Syracuse basketball, and we just talked about how the stretch in terms of the regular season has not been incredible, it gets more difficult to believe that an internal hire and an in-house hire in terms of a McNamara, in terms of an Autry, in terms of a Griffin, an in-house hire becomes a lot difficult if these next few years with Bayheim, right? He talked about it uh, uh, with Pete Thamel on ESPN in that article, how he doesn't foresee himself leaving this year and will continue to coach until he doesn't want to coach. And he can coach until however long he wants, right? They can't get rid of him was basically the gist of that article. If these next few seasons are difficult and struggle and are worrisome with the Weitzman money, with the recruits, with this core class getting better, right? This group that has been advertised and is growing and looks good. But if things that come in, right? You get a decent recruit in the 24 class. You're on the docket for other recruits in the 24 class. Some really, really good ones, I might add including, I believe, the number two point guard in the class. If things don't go well in the next two, three-year stretch, that in-house hire is a little bit difficult. When we look around the ACC, right, you're in a situation right now where you've seen this happen. The longtime Hall of Fame coach that does everything and is the program and is so important steps away. And it happened with Duke as Coach K leaves and John Shire comes in. Here's the thing. Coach K's last season, he made it to the Final Four. Really, really good team. He had the number one offense in college basketball. And in Coach Shire's first year, courtesy of Coach K, and of course himself in an internal hire, he brings in the number one recruiting class in the class of 22 to start his rookie campaign as the man at the helm for the Duke Blue Devils. They're 19 and eight at this point. They got four games left. I'd assume they win two, if not three. He's going to be a 21 regular season win coach his rookie season. You look again at a similar situation in terms of North Carolina. Now, North Carolina is on year two of Hubert Davis. But when you look at Roy's last season, They were down a little bit, 18 and 11 in 2020-2021. They were a tournament team. They lost in the first round. They struggled in 2020, but the years prior, say 2019, they are, you know, a Sweet 16 squad, a damn near 30-win team. The year before that, they're a 26-win team as a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. The year before that, They're the one seed. And what did they do that year? Oh, yeah, they won the national championship, right? This was a team in North Carolina that had three years of absolutely pure success. And then Roy had a couple seasons that were difficult. That 2020 squad was by no means great. 
right? They had Cole Anthony, but that team struggled. They weren't really incredible. A young Armando Baycott, a freshman Armando. Uh, that, that team needed some time. 2018 or 2021, they got a little bit better. And that's when Roy steps out and Hubert Davis comes in with a team that's building and a team that's grown and a team that's starting to have a lot of success. And this team makes it to the national championship in year one. You got to look at the recent success in terms of that transition, right? Hubert Davis coming in with strong recruiting classes, coming in, albeit after two down years for UNC, with a lot of potential in terms of the veteran players on that 2022 squad, right? You've got a Caleb Love coming back for year two. You had an Armando Baycott who's coming back for year three that season. You got a sophomore, RJ Davis. You got Brady Manick, a senior, right? There was so much leadership and so much talent on that squad. And it showed, right? And you make it to the national championship your first year as the head coach. Syracuse is not in that position right now. They're not. They have had extended struggles and extended down seasons, obviously started with sanctions and loss of scholarships and things of that nature. But they're losing games and they're losing games frequently and they're having down seasons and they're not hitting that 20 win threshold as frequently as Jim Beheim has had done throughout his 47 year career as the head coach at Syracuse basketball. They had their first losing season last season. They're going to miss the tournament back-to-back times, most likely, for only the third time in 47 years. First time in over 15 years, I believe. Right, The program is not in an incredible spot in terms of that. And promoting internal and in-house from a team that is struggling is not always the answer that you want. And as a fan base that as uh, high guys talked about, and as we talk about frequently, a fan base that's getting antsy, a fan base that's calling for change in football and in basketball. When you've got fan bases calling for change, an internal hire in a squad and a coaching staff that is not winning at the level that you want them to win at is not always the answer and it's not something that will always satisfy you it's like in the hangover when you throw a steak at the tiger in the bathroom it could hold out for a little bit it could work for a little bit it could put the noise to sleep but the tiger is going to wake back up and that is what is going to happen when the tiger wakes back up if you promote internal you're going to push these aside for a little bit But if things don't happen quickly, that tiger, that beast, the rumblings, the frustrations, they're going to come back to light really, really quickly. And and that is something that that is of note. And if you're going to or go internal, and I feel like the most likely choice in that is McNamara. If you're going internal to McNamara, the sooner the better. Because the longer this drags out, if things don't go up, right? This is obviously with a caveat of if things don't improve. If in the next two seasons, things improve, throw this out. doesn't matter. You don't need to have this conversation. But if mediocrity, which I believe was the word, yep, mediocrity was the word that Kriegs used. If that is what happens for the next few seasons, an internal hire might not do as much as you want it to do 
in terms of changing the trajectory of Syracuse basketball as it moves forward. A sad note, but I do believe that is the reality of things right now. All right, let's talk LinkedIn quickly, and then let's talk Q Slacks. It is lacrosse season. It's fun. You got some vibes in the dome, some energy in the domes. Before that, our friends over at LinkedIn, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. It's true in sports. It's true in the business world. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data. They've got 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Find them with LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast. And it's free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs. That's right, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Point your or post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions will apply. So our final question today is from, I don't know if there's going to be an easier way to say this, but it's NTMAJB2001. And the question is, your thoughts on how SU Lax is playing so far this season? Lax is fun. Lax is interesting. Lax is, is really a conversation that can uplift spirits because things in terms of Lax are typically on the rise and are looking good. And when we're talking with on the rise and looking good, I don't think that there's a better place to start than Cuse Woman's Lax. Shout out on the Monday episode. We're going to talk a little bit more about them today. This team started the year number five in the country. In their first game last Saturday, they knock off number four Northwestern in a 16-15 tilt at home. And then on Friday of this week, they host the number two team, Maryland, and beat them by nine, 20 to 11 the final score. You got two top five wins, and you're 2-0. That's outstanding. They have Monday game in terms today, right? They will play today. Uh, so I could add to this or could have. I will assume they beat Binghamton after knocking off two top five teams. This woman's squad is good. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of skill. Uh, I would recommend watching. It's a very fun environment. Uh, the game is very different from men's if you're you're unfamiliar with that and you're not really, you know, all too much in that conversation. But if you are, right, you're very aware. This team is led by two ladies named Megan. You got Megan Tyrell and Megan Carney, and they are outstanding. Tyrell's got eight goals, 11 assists so far. Carney's got eight goals. You got other talent on here. You've got a Emma Ward is very, very good wearing the number 44. Uh, Sierra Cockrell, I remember her from when I was there uh, and, and making these improvements and, and being a really solid player. It's a really, really good team. And this, it's fun. They're outstanding. They 
win games in the early going, and they're beating teams that, quite frankly, right at number two in the country, are some of the best teams in college lacrosse. And they just beat the number two team in the country by nine. Kayla Trainer's got this team in really good shape. It's really fun to watch because they're good and they're talented and they win games. That is a big deal. Winning games is everything, especially for, you know, a Syracuse lacrosse who's had that history on the men's side. They're getting there on the women's side, right? National championship appearances. They fall short to a BC team that was unbelievable. But this is a program that's in a really good spot. And they are winning games that are representative of it. On the other side, the men's squad started things out 2-0. They were unranked to start the year. They did fall this weekend in their first ranked matchup which puts a little bit of a damper on, excuse me, they were 3-0 and to start the year. Uh, and then they fell to a top 10 team in Maryland, which I would say is excusable, right? You lose to a top 10 team, you started the year unranked. Maryland, the reigning national champions on the men's side. It hurts, right? You wanted to keep that momentum. Getting to 4-0 and with a top 10 ranked win would have been very, very important. Really cool. Really big. Not quite there. Their next game is going to be Saturday against UNC, their first ACC game of the season. And ACC lacrosse games are tough. They're competitive. They're difficult. Uh, so something to be aware of in that regard. Uh, UNC is solid. Duke is solid. Uh, Virginia is really solid as well. Like this, these are good lacrosse teams that you're playing in conference. There's not really all too many gimme games typically in college. I will say this cause I'm looking at it right now. Cause you got to shout the guy out. He's unbelievable. We're less than a month away from Mikey Powell's Jersey retirement. So that'll be cool. Uh, as Q's plays Johns Hopkins, March 11th, they'll retire the Jersey, but I'll look at this team right now. And this is a squad that that brings in a lot of youth and a lot of freshmen that have uh, made some noise. And, and the noise is being made by that number 22, the new 22 in town. It's Joey Spelina, and the guy has been immaculate. You were a little bit worried in game one. One goal, no assists, but that was just a down game for everyone. They beat Vermont 7-5 in that game. It was a struggle. It was a grind. You were working some rust off, trying to iron some things out. <clears throat> game two, he scores five goals against Albany. Game three, he has five goals against Holy Cross. Two assists to boot in that game as well. And then he has one goal and one assist against Maryland this weekend. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, I tweeted it on the Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. He's not looking. The goal, will say, is the miracle newspaper behind me. He is looking at the screen and just go, a whoop, a whoop, behind the back, no look. It was gorgeous. Coming around the cage, a little flick, beautiful in that Maryland game. This kid is everything you want in terms of energy, in terms of fun, in terms of skill, and he is the number one player in the class for good reason. This kid's going to be fun. He is going to be a longtime name that you will be looking at in terms of Syracuse lacrosse. And he is that guy right now. And to have that immediate success, you go to and you think back to guys like Mikey Powell, who were four-year All-Americans. 
and who had that talent and wore the 22 incredibly successfully. Right now, four games in, it appears that Spelina could be the next iteration of that 22 history that is so fun and is so long talked about and is Syracuse lacrosse, especially when the founder of it and Gary Gate sits on your sideline as the man in charge, making decisions, working through things like that. It's really cool. All right. Thank you for the questions today. Uh, mailbag episode in the books. We had a lot of fun. I think those were good conversations that need to be had, and it's nice to have those in these off days that we get in the schedule every once in a while. So as we take a look right now, a little bit of a lay of the week, we will talk tomorrow about that Clemson game, really, really big game uh, for Syracuse in terms of trying to get back on track, trying to show a little more life uh, after falling to Duke. They're not officially dead, but they are, they're struggling. There's some breath but they might not quite be conscious yet. There's a pulse, but no consciousness. Maybe, I don't know how I want to say it. I'm not a doctor. Uh, we'll talk Clemson tomorrow. We'll recap Clemson on Thursday. And then Friday, we will preview that Pittsburgh game that is, I believe, already sold out uh, as you play in that game. That is not going to be what you want. Peterson Event Center is in theory sold out already. So it should be a good crowd. Should be some good fun. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. For your second listen, Lockdown College Basketball. Here, Isaac, here, Andy, here, experts in the industry, here, coaches, here, players throughout the basketball landscape. It's Lockdown College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, feel free to interact with us. Subscribe to us uh, wherever you're listening. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Subscribe on YouTube. Watch another YouTube video. I don't care. Have some fun. I'm going to Florida right now. I'm excited, and I will talk to you tomorrow.